Hey everybody, this is Rachel Bromberger, and you're listening to Unscripted for all things healing and well-being. I'm so glad that you're here for your weekly dose of real talk, deep love, and medicine. Wellness and healing are never a one-size-fits-all thing. What everybody needs is different. My guests and I are always preparing information for you based on our experiences, whether that's personal or clinical or teaching, whatever it is, whatever walk we come from, so that you can gain a gem every time you listen and apply it straight away to transform your life and your health. Hey everyone, welcome back to Unscripted, and if you're new with us, welcome, welcome. I'm excited to have you all here. I hope you're having a great end of summer. I know some of us have started that back-to-school transition or back-to-fall transition, and some of us have not, and some of us are in the middle. So wherever you are, I hope it's going great. This is the season of savoring, so don't forget to slow down and take breaths between these moments of getting ready for the fall rhythm. I had a big conversation about that actually a little bit earlier here on Unscripted a couple of episodes ago. So episode 33 is a great place to check out if you're wanting a little more information on how to do that pause. It's also a great segue for today's conversation. I have Whitney Baker joining us today and she did a beautiful job of sharing her journey, um, put it all out there. It's vulnerable, it's informative, it's grounded, and I think it's really helpful that we can be in community with other people when we go through difficult transitions, even when they're necessary and wonderful at the end. So let me tell you a little bit about Whitney, and then I'll tell you a little bit about what we cover today. Whitney Baker is a heart-centered Whitney Baker is a heart-based entrepreneur, facilitator, and host of the Electric Ideas podcast. Her mission is to generate moments of personal breakthrough that light women up and create space for new possibilities. Whitney is an upbeat, free-spirited force through her podcast, or if you hang out with her on Instagram too. And you may not know that in a former life, she was a journalist turned global marketing agency creative who upended it all to stay at home with her kids. During that transition, she felt isolated and anxious that she was going to lose footing in the professional world and squander her hard-earned master's degree. She struggled deeply to navigate this murky identity shift that no one seemed to be talking about. Whitney knows what it's like to leave behind one version of yourself for another and feel caught in between the identities, wondering if you will ever really feel like yourself again. That's why she's so passionate about helping women ditch the rules of how they think they're supposed to live and rewrite the rule book for the life they really want. Through years of her work on personal and spiritual growth, Whitney now lives a life brimming with meaning. She enjoys a strong sense of positivity and purpose and invites other women to join her on her powerful journey as she continues to evolve. Whitney started Electric Ideas because she knows when women step into their fullest selves, the whole world benefits. Her insatiable curiosity and knack for connecting with all kinds of people on a deeper level have served her since childhood. Whitney reminds women everywhere that they always have a choice to live a life more fulfilled. I'm really excited to have Whitney here today. We're going to cover a lot of territory about what it's like to be on the journey in the midst of that transition. We're talking about womanhood, motherhood, work, career shifts, and self-development. I know you're going to love it. Two more quick things about Whitney and my's conversation. First, toward the end of the episode, there are a couple of choice words that may or may not be suitable for your young listeners. Not that many, just a couple. And our conversation today happens to center a lot around being mothers, um, becoming mothers, and also being people who did career changes. That may or may not apply to you directly. However, if you're someone who's thinking about a career change, if you have parented before, if you've had any kind of massive transition, or if you love someone who has, this conversation is really for everyone because the tips that she gives us and the vulnerability, which by the way, Whitney, thank you so much for showing up so beautifully vulnerable, that you, you know, that we cover, you can really hear the story of what happens when we're dealing with a transition and how to work through the difficulty of having 
prior to then to find ourselves one way and now having to do it a different way, this can build a lot of self-empathy and it can also build a lot of radical understanding for the people you love. So I just want to invite everybody to that open listening and let's dive in. Welcome to Unscripted. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you. I have... I have every time we spoken loved everything that comes out of your mouth and the way you see the world and the way you hear what's going on with people with yourself so I'm really excited to have you here to like speak with our community today and chat about your story and your mindset and what you're up to and like all the ways that we especially as parents and women but of course everybody listening how we can continue to be in this nature of becoming our best self. So thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you for that lovely intro. And I'm just delighted to be a part of this. So why don't you, in your own words, tell us a bit about your backstory. Our audience has heard a little bit about your kind of formal intro in the bio, and then we'll kind of dig into some of the juicy things that come out of that. That sounds great. Well, since I'm I'm feeling expansive today, so I might take it all the way back a little bit. I <laughs> I'm taking us all the way back to let's say 2008ish. So mm-hmm. I was this um happy ready to change the world student who graduated from grad school with a master's in journalism mm-hmm. and it happened to be during the economic downturn. And so here I thought that I was just ready to light up the world and I would found my purpose and I'd worked so hard. I went to a very competitive grad school mm-hmm. and I needed to stay in Chicago because of lots of reasons and there were just not jobs. So I really <laughs> struggled. I actually, I freelanced. I, I'll give you a quick story. Like the type of freelance work I was doing was getting paid about $50 for like articles, like some, you have to start somewhere. And one time, you do. <laughs> one time I got, I did this like article for a suburban newspaper and I got a ticket that cost more than what I got paid a parking ticket. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. Um, <laughs> So I actually humbled myself and I had to um, pick up bartending shifts at night mm-hmm. while I freelance during the day. Mm-hmm. And I finally was just like, okay, this is just not coming together. This isn't sustainable. So mm-hmm. I made a switch that is very common and I kind of traded over to marketing and communications. And I was able to get at the time, what was a great job at a global mm-hmm. marketing agency I was actually the first hire post-pandemic, so it was a big honor and very exciting and had lots of stability. (laughs) So I was like, okay, you know what? This feels good. I'm excited. But I really, it wasn't until recently, you know, everything is hindsight. It wasn't Mm -hmm. until recently that I realized how much scarcity I started out Mm -hmm. in that whole career path, that whole role. And it's already such um, working, they say working at agencies is like dog hours because you just, it's so demanding. And while I learned a lot, I overall had a wonderful experience. I found that to be true. It's just a high level of burnout. So mm-hmm. tooting along with the crazy hours, but I'm just so happy to have like, this is what I'm doing to have like a solid answer at Thanksgiving, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, oh and- yeah. You know, I, I, I really took off. I, I found my way. I was able to actually get into kind of the creative track and, and be a conceptor and, and evolve into a creative director. So it turned out to be really positive and I was enjoying it, but it was just a, a very work heavy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward to having my first baby. Um, it didn't work as well. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> It's shocking. I think like we all know when that change happens, it's mind blowing and shows up in ways we couldn't imagine. But I think the ways we couldn't imagine just have multi layers of holy cow, this doesn't work. And it is, it's, it is humbling. It's a whole new level of like, wow. So yeah, speaking to that, do, do tell us. (laughs) Oh my gosh humbling is definitely a great word for it, but it just, 
I, I have definitely forgiven the part of myself that for so many reasons needed to go back and work extra hard to prove myself. I think that's really common for women mm -hmm. to just not want to show weakness. So yes. I remember, so here I am, you know, working odd hours at night just to not have anybody see that I'm struggling, um, setting my timer for five minutes to lay down in the pumping room on the floor oh, to yeah. close my eyes just yeah. because I'm presenting and I need to be in like full yeah. on mode. And I've been up like so many times in the night, like every mom's gone through this. Yes. Every, <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm kind of getting my footing back and I had a happy surprise. I got pregnant again. Um, so I got pregnant right away. My daughters are 14 months apart. <laughs> and so I'd kind of like just renegotiated. <laughs> Um, I think I have a rhythm. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it, it was, uh, it was definitely a tipping point. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I just, I felt like my nervous system was turned on. I was feeling like a lot more anxiety, like I was going to drop a big ball. Mm -hmm. um, so something had to change and my company, I have to give them a lot of credit I, they let me go down to four days when I came back after having my, my second daughter that was already mm -hmm. negotiated. I still didn't feel like I could, um, quite get the balance. I was like, I, in case it's helpful for anybody else, something that, um, I decided then was to commit to doing something for six months and letting the dust fall yeah. and just, just making the best of it. So when I decided to go back full-time with my first daughter, I was just like, nothing's forever. This doesn't mean I'm going to be the full-time mom. Cause I don't know about you, but I had a lot of people in my cohort where some of them, it felt like they knew they were going back full-time or they knew they were staying home. And I was just like, you don't know. <laughs> so I made that commitment to go back full-time and yeah. then within that time I got pregnant again and that just changed everything. Yeah. But then the second time after my second maternity leave, I made the commitment to do four months, four days for six months and just reevaluate then yeah. and not worry about it every day. Just be like, just put that on the, don't worry about now list. Let it, let the dust yeah. settle. That's a good, I, I want to highlight that before we keep going. It's like, there's something really soothing to the mind, body, spirit about just taking a decision. And I remember the first time I heard take a decision instead of make a decision. And mm -hmm. I thought that's really bizarre. Cause I was in acupuncture school and one of the one of the functions of the organs at like multi-levels is decision taking once sort mm -hmm. of a strategy has been at play this particular organ is like okay we're taking these actions we're taking these decisions and I was like taking but there's actually that's a real thing um there's something about taking it that I feel is a lot more empowering than making it like taking it is mine and choosing it and choosing it over and over and over again. And so there's something I think that actually does really let the nervous system kind of just take a, when we say we're going to head this way and all of the worries that I know will show up again, or all the decisions that may show up again, or all the things that could pop up in the future, I see them, we know they're there and I'm going to put them on a burner on simmer with a lid and just, we'll come back to it later, but this is where we're going now period. And that lets the mind just be like, Oh, okay. For as long as we need it to. Yeah. So I love that you said that about just like, I, I chose an Avenue and this is what we're doing for this amount of time. Yes. Cause it can be so draining. I mean, any, you know, woman knows that having constant questions and demands, like there is such, like decision-making fatigue. Yes. And and it, I think that the way you explain it with the body is very cool. It's <laughs> like, fun, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, cool. so I did my six months, yeah. dinner, um, and then I, I put a date down and on the date, you know, I reevaluated and I was like, bummer, still not working, you know, like, and so I actually thought I was quite the trailblazer at the time. 
And I negotiated working three days, which nobody had done before. And like a lot of people were like, whoa, like, oh, they must like you. Like I was feeling like very like empowered and like, wow, like I'm yeah. taking a chance for women. Like I want this balance. So, you know, <laughs> I thought that all my problems would be solved. And long story short, it was a big bummer. It just was almost worse because yeah. I couldn't do like the the best work at work like I couldn't get tapped it just yeah. not, it just was not a job that was conducive to to being a mom it just like I needed to be there I needed to be available I needed to be able to travel mm-hmm. sometimes still when I was working three times people would be like can you be in New York in two days like you can imagine that like and I just was still so stuck in that prove myself mindset Mm-hmm. that I didn't have good boundaries. Like people would be like, I hope I'm not bothering you on your day off. And I just, I feel, I wish I could just go back and tell myself that to say, yeah, you are. I like did not set any boundaries. So yeah. part of it was, I've forgiven myself, but it was mm-hmm. self-imposed a little bit. So um, I just got burnout. I felt mm-hmm. frazzled, like I wasn't effective at home and it just didn't work. So eventually mm-hmm. I just decided to quit. <laughs> <laughs> and when I say quit, I mean, barely give myself time to come up for breath and then immediately start looking for freelancing, updating my resume and like putting tons of my pressure on myself to like fill that void. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I have a million th- ways we could go with all this. I think it's important. Like I want to acknowledge that Every parent I've ever spoken to who's sort of the pre- like the primary caregiver in their household, depending on however they have that sorted, right? Like they may also be the primary breadwinner. They may not, it, I don't, everyone's got their thing. At some point, usually the mother or the, like two, but not always, but usually gets to this point where it's like, this doesn't work right now for my body, for my kids, for my household, for my job. It like just all falls apart. And I think, you know, that may be right away in those kind of early, I'm still pumping, I'm nursing. We have visits with the pediatrician more at this stage than we did at this other, or it can be like in middle school, because that's when the family is shifting. Whenever it happens, I've never not heard it happen. Um, when there's, when there's a working, like when the parent is at work, um, when that primary parent is at work and doing all the things. And it just pulls me back also to recognizing that the way we live in our culture, we just are not set up to hold space for everybody to make multiple contributions in their natural talent set. Um, and that's when I think people just can no longer hold, hold both things or they just can't, we can't do it. And I remember my mom guilt came around wanting to be at work, needing to not be there as often what my kid and my house needed. And then like feeling bad that I didn't want to be there, but then missing that I wasn't, it was just like a whole mess. And I remember one day relinquishing some of the guilt when I thought, okay, if we lived in a different time in another part of the world, I probably wouldn't be doing the primary caretaking in my community of this age of children. Anyway, it's not my strong suit, like me, Rachel, like I'm better with the older kids or whatever. I would have been better at being the medicine woman or like, I don't know, raising the farm animals or something that wasn't that primary, but there would have been other people to hold that while I, you know, went to the river collecting herbs or, you know, whatever that was going to be. And we don't have that in this setup that we live in. Absolutely. We just hold it all. Oh my gosh. And I, I, that's such a beautiful reflection on so many levels, because also I think when women make this shift, it's like they are no matter how much they read or they talk to or they get 
you're never totally prepared for what it's Mm -hmm. like. And then you feel like, oh my God, this is motherhood. And that first phase is not motherhood. It's Mm -hmm. not, motherhood is not defined by that very first phase. So hyper demanding emotionally, physically for mom and baby. Mm -hmm. It's true. And then the prove yourself part that you came like you kept mentioning, and I totally relate to that. And I think lots of people feel that it's like, I got to show up perfectly in all these places. I got to like show everyone I can do. I can like knock it out of the park here and I can knock it out of the park there. And it's like, how did we even get there? Like, I don't even know where that comes from. I know a lot of us are talking about it because it's, it's in the collective water now. Like, how did we get to be rewarding our busyness and how did we get to, you know, and the mama pressure and the this and that, but it's like, how does it's, it's really refreshing to hear you just speak it into reality. It's like, okay, I, yep. I'm raising my hand. I wanted to prove myself. That was really hard. I couldn't figure out how to do it. And it is, I mean, it's like this massive battle with our egos. Massive. Oh Yeah. And I am the first to admit, I think my ego at the time, I didn't recognize it, but I think what happens to a lot of women who are air quotes, success in successful roles, and then they have kids is they don't realize like how tied up their identity is and what Mm -hmm. they're doing externally. Mm -hmm. And then they leave that behind because either they choose to, or they're at a breaking point, Mm -hmm. like they can't juggle everything. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like, Whoa. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to, this is perfect. Cause I want to read what you've written about this and how you speak into it. So here I'm going to, I'm going to click. Everybody's going to hear me clicking so I can read this beautiful quote to you. I know what it's like to leave behind one version of yourself for another and feel caught between identities, wondering if you ever really feel like yourself again. And then you talk about, that's why I'm so passionate about helping people disassemble the rules of how they think they're supposed to live and rewrite the rule book for the life they really want. So let's, those, that's like two parts of a big hole and ties into the backstory and ties into the current story. But go ahead and speak to that identity crisis. Um, talk more about how that was for you, how that, you know, and how you move, how did you move into the, whatever you call your identity now? And what is that for you? And how did you deal with that? Because I think it's a big thing that goes on for years for everyone I know that has changed, like left a job to career change who has become a parent, who has changed their relationship status. So like who has gone through a major, major health thing that sort of changes their relationship with being alive at all. I think that that statement, albeit we're talking about like what happened when I became a mom and like how I dealt with work applies to any massive shift where we just become split into something bigger than we ever possibly could have imagined we were going to be. So speak to your experience of that. Oh, that's a beautiful question. And I have so many things coming to mind. Um, I have a few things. First, I felt tremendously lucky that I was privileged enough to have worked and saved and have, you know, the stability of having a partner that I had choice in terms of work. Mm -hmm. And that made me feel like I shouldn't like, what, like, what did I have to complain about? You know, Mm -hmm. like I, I like a lot of, like I put this pressure on myself or just, I'd, I'd kind of just be like, oh my God, some women have no choice, but to work three jobs and mm-hmm. have, you know, and, and so I just, it's almost like I didn't give myself breathing room to feel mm-hmm. how I was feeling. Right. I really that, like not being allowed to be in my relative reality, to, like just mine, my version of it. Mm-hmm. And then I will be so honest right now. I felt just insecure 
be, I would like my husband, I'd go out to like dinner with a husband and new colleagues and I would just be dr- feeling a sense of dread because mm-hmm. it's so masculine, but you know, they're going to ask you what you do right away. And mm-hmm. I just could not come to terms. I, my, I was so wrapped up and, and having, you know, Whitney the, and at, at the time I also had abandoned so many of my passions and talents on the side for the high demanding job. So it's like, that's something else that people don't talk about. It's like, I, when I was trying to do a high demanding job and have kids, I I abandoned other parts of my identity. And you don't have that big chunk of your identity when people ask, you know, I, I know now at a spiritual level, like, who am I? And, and it's just a totally different, totally different place. So we can come back to that. But at the time I was just reeling a little bit, yeah. I felt a huge sense of, of loss. And I just, I felt like I had a ton of energy and a ton of talent on the table. And that's a terrible feeling. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, it's, and I think a lot, I feel like a lot of people are going to hear this and be like, yes, this resonates. And then this tear of having your heart be in multiple places at the same time, like in your body, you know, cause nothing's just happening in our emotional universe. Like it's happening. We're, we're like tearing apart physically. We're tearing apart mentally. Our spirit level is kind of like And that is really hard. And I think anyone who's doing like in their household, who's doing the mothering part of a parenting gig knows that because the, when there's a little kid to take care of or a baby they're they don't really know they're separate from that particular parent, no matter how those all got together, like no matter how we arrive together to be that parent and child, they're like, they're attached to that mothering person whoever they are so it's a very very physical thing to to be in that push-pull it like literally it's like taking the little hands off of us to be like okay now I gotta go kick ass at this meeting and what uh, uh it's just it's it's a tear I think yeah absolutely yeah so you you like jump, you just jumped. You fit at some point you were like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> you, you go into, okay, I'm going to freelance. I'm, I can, you, you're still like mm, holding on to that part of myself. And then you, at some point realize that also isn't working exactly the way you want it to, but it's working better than being in a high demanding place. And you start sorting out who am I actually? Yes. What did you, like, how did you do that? Like, what did you call upon in yourself in your resourcing? How did you talk with your partner about that? Like, how did you do that? Part of it simply started to be because that I slowly started had time. So, you know, all of a sudden, like I have girls who are in preschool a couple hours, a couple days a week. And it was just this very, so that's when it started to be gradual. And I finally had a little bit of space to start taking care of myself a little bit more, but also, yes, I, I kept a a small toe dipped in the freelance. Mm -hmm. I never totally stopped, but I also gave myself permission to start doing things that felt like they that I used to enjoy that I hadn't had the time for nice and so I started um volunteering again regularly doing various things and it just felt like really good to have that Mm. sense of purpose again and I've always been a writer in lots of different capacities and when I was in such demand and writing professionally, I just completely abandoned my writing practice. Right. And so that was a natural time for me to just like start dabbling Mm and going back into that. So those were some breadcrumbs in the beginning. (laughs) How did you get to the stage? I think, and I know it's like a funny question. And if you're like, hold on, let me like 
catalog through to see how did you even get to that? Like, when did you turn your light back on and be like, oh, I used to love volunteering or, oh, I have a moment. Cause a lot of us, when we have that moment, we'll just like, not, not everybody knows what to finally do with themselves. And that's okay. I mean, I'm not, that's not a, I'm not like poking a finger at that. I think that's a very like common, normal, valid response being like, okay, I just dropped these people off. Yeah. (laughs) And, oh, I'm with myself. What is that? What is that now? Right. Well, did you have, yeah. I mean, did you have like a hmm. light bulb moment? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the Greek tragedy continues because (laughs) (laughs) Um, another part of my story is that I, so I knew it was a very fortunate thing that I was looking forward to. I knew that my husband, because of his job, had um, literally right before the pandemic had a sabbatical. And it was before, for, wait, before COVID pandemic? Before the COVID pandemic. Wow. Okay. And so I, in my mind, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to like go start something create. I still hadn't, didn't know what I had. And I like really went through a period of feeling lost, but I was like, I'm not going to start something crazy professionally until then. Cause I'm not going to again, start something and stop, stop something for five uh-huh. weeks. So Okay. I was like, uh-huh. yeah. I'm gonna try to do the things that I haven't been able to to do and nourish myself and build myself back up, knowing that um, knowing that my time, because when we got back, it was all coming into alignment. And then both my girls would be in elementary school, and I'd finally like have you know that have that like big chunk of time, and I'm like, then I'm gonna turn on the gas, and that's gonna be my time. Mm-hmm. So. I had this like pocket of years where I, I, it was like my interim years where I was like, okay, just keeping a toe in, have that mm-hmm. look forward to, and then I know my time is coming. So I had a little bit more, I kind of gave myself some peace and I was working on my yeah. writing. So that felt like a sense of contentedness and yeah. volunteering. And then we got back, um, we got back from the trip in January and COVID uh-huh. started. So he, oh, so he were, uh, so he had his sabbatical. Yes. Okay. We all went to Australia for a month. That's amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. And that was like, okay. So this was like right before January, 2020. Yeah. Oh, wow. I totally, you know, it's amazing. You get, you get to know someone and they're short and you're like, I did not know that part. That's really interesting. Okay. That's really interesting. So I think I was just kind of, then I was in like, kind of like my, my bliss state. And I was just like, oh my gosh, what's next for me? Yay. We get back and I just have the rug pulled out for me. Oh yeah. You know, again, (laughs) in a totally new way. Oh my God. Oh, we could just do an entire episode on everybody's rug. Right. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. As many women did. Right. Yes. Yes. Great. Yeah totally bonkers. Um, wow. That was obviously what it is. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think that we don't need to go down that Mm -hmm. whole rabbit hole, but I was like, okay, obviously that was not the sense of spaciousness that I thought I had both my kids home again, like Mm full-time shut down whole deal, like many people. Mm -hmm. So I started, trying to just be like okay well this was my time so I'm gonna try to ramp up and I was just like I just I felt like I had this sudden realization that I just like I didn't even want to do these calls for freelancing I'm like what am I doing I just was like oh my gosh why I've been so attached to this but like I just I don't even want this but I've been like so attached to it and maybe there's a reason it's just not really landing huh. the way that I thought it would land. And you were able to really hear that in yourself. Cause this is where I think a lot of people press the override button. And again, no blame because people press that button because they have to pay the bills or they don't see, and we can't always see the discomfort we're in. Mm-hmm. Can't always hear ourselves or we hear it and we just press override. Cause we like, there's a reason, right? There's some at the time compelling reason to like 
keep doing the thing that feels like, oh, I hate this, but we just do it anyway because we think we have to. So somehow you actually heard yourself fully. You heard it. Yes. Well, I I will I I was I will say an important piece here was that after because now that you have the depth of kind of my where I was coming in and just yeah. like thinking this was going to be such an explosive time for me and then having it so curtailed with like yeah. I had never even like really heard of coaches I had never mm. really even dabbled in that. And I was listening to some, I was, I've always been a lifelong learner. So I was listening to some free thing and some coach came on and she was kind of talking my language. So I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to book a few free sessions with her. And I have to be honest that, or not free, I'm going to book a few sessions. I'm going to invest in myself. Like I just, I needed like something to like help make a change. And it turned out to just be a really important turning point for me. And part mm-hmm. of the reason is because I think just talking to her and her asking me like, what do you love about? Cause she was a career coach, oh, right? It was just a career so coach. She's reflecting back at you in that inquiry. Yes. And so Fabulous. Me, like, what are you so excited about with this? And cause I thought I needed somebody to help me get back into my industry. And like, right. it, took, it was a real, it was a kind of a really scary realization to hear myself start talking and being like oh my god like I I don't know if I want that but it's it's like a it's the there so much fear came up at the time because I was like I don't want to start over again either you know I'm so ready to just be at the level I was at and I don't want to it's like starting over on anything so scary you know yeah I think this is brilliant because a lot of times it's in a conversation where we're allowed to be honest mm-hmm. with some objective person who's not, who doesn't have to be attached to a outcome because it doesn't impact them directly. They're just attached to us getting to have a light bulb that we can hear that we're upset. And we can hear what we want, what we don't want. And I like, so that may happen. I and mean, I'm just mostly saying this for listeners, as I know you and I were studying this, like in ourselves, that may happen at a very physiological level, right? Like anxiety, um, digestive disorders, right? Um, pain, like the kind of pain that knocks people out and they throw their back out a few times a year because like the stress, right? Some kind of upset that has us then speaking with looking for help with that ailment and kind of getting that reflection of maybe how I'm doing this thing isn't actually serving my who I am or maybe it's a therapist or a coach or maybe it's a career coach or maybe I mean that but it could be in church it could be in temple it could be in meditation it could be in a yoga class that gamut I think is really wide depending on like what how is the ailment showing up? And I think that it does show up in like sleeplessness or arguments with our partners or feeling like we don't know who we are anymore. Um, dread, you know, um, a, a sudden desire to like over physically take care of ourselves or under physically, like I can't work out anymore. I'm too overwhelmed or I'm obsessively working out or obsessively in some nutrition thing or so out of it, like these sort of extreme these extremes that some of us will like look to or fall to when we're actually just unhappy or over pressured overtaxed and so I think that's really cool so you kind of you heard yourself in the mirror of a career coach and it's hilarious I mean it's not hilarious it's awful it's obviously uncomfortable but it's hilarious it's like I'm gonna go to a career coach because I'm gonna sort out this career thing and it's like wait a second actually (laughs) hold on (laughs) so that's incredible yeah okay goodness she was like super kind and compassionate and was just kind of like are you sure like I'm glad like I'm happy to help you is this what what you want to (laughs) do I was like dang it 
snow. You're seeing me. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you, it's funny how I know we've talked about kind of like efforting and trying and it, I'll bring it full circle with my six months thing. I decided I did a program that kind of like helped you um, determine maybe what was possible. I realized mm -hmm. that I had kind of shut off from there being something else because just the thought of starting over after like, now, you know, the full story, like, oh, I'm going to be a journalist. And that crashed. Oh, yeah. I'm going to start over. And there was a learning curve for me to go into a marketing agency. And then I built myself up there and then crash. I like, I didn't feel like I was in middle-aged. It just sounded mm. like crap to start over, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it, and it does. It's, it's that identity thing again of like, it's hard. Yes. Um, it took some major work on mindset, but I decided that I was like, okay, I'm going to really give myself an openness to finding something different. And I'm just going to stop the freelance like calls and attempts and like networking. Cause when I was working with the coach, she was encouraging me to do like informational interviews mm -hmm. and like I had some good calls and like, but like, I was just like, Oh, I kind of, I hope they don't call me back. Like it sounds terrible. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm, Cause it's like, well, that's the thing. It's like, you're lovely. I don't want to do this. That's <laughs> right. It's like, thanks for the call. You're a delightful human. If I ever wanted to do this thing. Yes. It was yeah. like such, I, mean, I think that one takeaway there is like learning to take action because it's, it's, it was really good information. It was just yeah. a, that's a powerful comfort confirmation that like, yeah, I was forcing that and it wasn't for me anymore. Yeah. Well, but that's the thing about, you know, sometimes when we don't actually, we're like, I know I need to go somewhere. I'm not exactly sure if it's like North or Northwest or just West. I, I, take an action because it'll give you either affirmative information that like, this is affirming. I like this, or this is affirming. I don't. And then we kind of inch our way toward our better aligned direction from just taking an action, any action that shows us this is a yes, this is a no, this is a yes, this is a no. Yes, absolutely. And I will say that like over the course of those, you know, closer years to bridging to where I have done now, I, you know, developed a lot of like habits and practices that, that continue to serve me, but something crazy happened. Um, when I made that decision my, that to just be like, okay, I'm not going to do this. I get a call from one of the like best agencies in Chicago that I would have leapt at like months ago, like before I'd made this big decision that yeah. I was and they offer me like something that I like the best freelance offer I had gotten since I quit my old job. And it was just like, oh my gosh. So I was like, this is how the universe works, right? <laughs> and so I I think an old version of older version of myself would have like stewed and asked around for answers and like done all this stuff. And I gotta tell you, I I was really proud of myself. And this is when I knew I'd like grown. I I just sat, I sat by myself and I really asked myself how it would feel in my body to be doing that. And I didn't even tell my husband about it until I'd just done a full no. And wow. I felt such a feeling of relief. Cool. And that was the end of the freelancing tale. Isn't that remarkable? Remarkable and, and courageous. And that's, and when we're tired also, because parents are usually tired or if you're caregiving for like a sibling or an adult that you love, you're tired. Sometimes we don't even know we have the ability to sit quietly with our past, like with the choices. It may feel very much like the circumstances don't allow for that. And sometimes they don't like in a survival mode situation, they may not, but when we're out of the survive, like we got to survive part. And there's a moment to be like, do I want to continue this way? Then we might be able to have that permission slip to listen to ourselves that way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So it does take some, it takes some, um, it really does take, I think, facing the fear of what will I hear when I sit there 
And I, that's the part I kind of want to say, like, that's why I'm saying speaking into that courageousness, because it is scary to sit, or it, it actually is less scary than we all think it's going to be. The anticipation of being quiet with ourselves is usually worse than the answer. Mm. Um, the answer, we already usually know it. We just sort of can't tolerate it in ourselves. And there may be some very uncomfortable outcomes to listening to it, but it won't be as terrible as the anticipation of not being able to be with ourselves. That's worse. Even if, even if it's hard to walk forward, even if it's hard to say no, even if that means really hard conversation with the partner, even if that means changing our relationship status or our households or our zip codes, or those are not, they're, they're stressful things. They're expensive things. They're you know, they're, they are emotionally challenging and hefty and it's not as bad as the anticipation of what will I hear in myself if I'm quiet and how will I slowly pick away at my life by not having that stillness to, to actually give myself the option of choice. Yes. Oh my gosh. Deeply felt. Yes. Because bringing it back to what you were saying about energetically how we've just kind of created this, like, I've got my busy badge of honor on for women. Like we can't, like we're pieces of crap. If we're not constantly firing mm -hmm. on all cylinders and like being productive in all areas of life, I'd love to hear your perspective. Cause I think it's a mask. Sometimes I do. I think it is. I think it's, um, I think it's often a mask. And I think sometimes it's, um, it's an autopilot and we don't even know we, like, we didn't even know we clicked into that mode. And mm -hmm. like, so sometimes I do think there's like an, there's like a lack of consciousness about it. But once we wake up and think, hold on, wait, something's awry here. Everything from that point forward is a choice. Even if it's not bad, good, it's, it's, it's just so I think it's just a choice we make to either stay in that mode, not, not listening in or stay in that mode. Cause it's terrifying to, to be quiet or a mask to, to kind of hold up whatever for we're response. We think we're responsible for holding up. And I think because we also have sort of a, you know, and I love, I love like all the work coming forward, especially from our beloved Brene Brown, like on like vulnerability and shame, but like I do, I've been exploring some of this in my own experiences in life where I think that the, the inability for us to truly be vulnerable in like a public setting about like what's hard and what's easy and, you know, how our kids are doing, how our jobs are going, how stressful or not stressful finances do or do not feel like how our friendships are going, how our relationships with partners are going that when we're when we think we have to present, I've got it together. We've got it together. She's got it together. He's got it together. Whatever that, whatever, whoever it is that we're, we're not participating in like a vulnerable community that everybody's allowed to put their, take their mask off for a few minutes. So yeah, I mean, that would be my response to it. I think it's dynamic. Mm-hmm. I so I love that you you did you like stepped in the courage you heard you listened and then you moved ahead and now as far as I can tell you're doing you're regularly practicing that like that's sort of the like how you're moving through the world so I know you do some journaling yes and I know that's one of your tools, if you want to speak more to that, but what are some of the couple of other tools that you find help you, or, or maybe it's a, maybe it's a mantra, maybe whatever, whatever your tools are that help you stay allowing of that space to be honest with yourself and having that kind of you know, courage is just taking a step, even though I'm scared shitless anyway. Like it's not, it's, it's really, that's all it is. I mean, it's just like, wow, I have no idea how this is going to go. I'm just going to put my foot over here. 
Sure. Well, real quick on journaling, because I, I feel like I could talk about this forever, but someone recently said to me, I, I like the idea of journaling, but it just sounds so boring to document my life. And I never would correct or shame, but I, just in case you have listeners, like some people just yeah. like, don't know what all journaling can be. And I will just say there's, uh, I, I feel like there's just magic of putting pen to paper for self-discovery. And really when we're talking about getting in touch with your own needs, your own inner voice, your own journey, what you really want, it's really hard to lie to yourself when you're writing it out. And oftentimes <sighs> we just have like so many layers mm-hmm. to unravel that mm-hmm. sometimes they just, you almost just need to, it can be like having a glass of wine with an old friend and just like letting it all pour out. You know, it just is a way to really, you, you can use journaling however you want. You want to keep track of your days, whatever, but I journaling is a tool for you. Mm-hmm. It's not, you don't have to document your baby's first steps. If you don't want to, you don't have to write about where you went to dinner on vacation. You write about what you, what, what like helps you write in a way that helps you connect to yourself. So it's a very reflective connectivity process it's a practice. And I think like that distinction between I'm, I'm like, I'm, di- I'm in a diary dialogue with myself, which is what you're reminding people is not always have to be like, I have, I, you know, this, cause we've laughed about it on occasions. Like I have a, I have a fuck you journal that I use when I'm really angry and there's nowhere for it to go. <laughs> could be with myself. It could be with somebody else. Like I have an affirmations and prayers journal. I write also on my computer. Like when I am like teaching journaling, like of a lesson that I've learned in myself so I use that and, and I've done with prompts. Like I have like one of those, um, five year, one line a day. I have, I also happen to have this sitting here cause I was cleaning up my office, but the Zen as fuck journal, which gives you prompts. Like, yeah, it's a lot yeah. of F-bombs today, but right. it's, you know, <clears throat> there are lots of ways there, are, there, are, there are worksheet versions and drawing journals and writing. So yeah, I'm glad you said that. Cause I do think it gives per- people permission to think about being in right relationship with themselves. And I would just say, try it on precise. Cause a lot of, I think pe- there's like this notion, like that sounds cheesy or whatever people hate on it, but I'm like, try it just for me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just no, all it I try. Is like what worked for me. And then in terms of other practices, I mean, I have tried many things, but a couple just important pillars. One is learning the power of having a morning routine. And I think for moms, just having space to be intentional Mm -hmm. and set the tone for how you want to show up in your day in whatever way, like you see fit Mm -hmm. is important. And I know like right now I'm in a place where, where I have a little bit more space in the morning. Cause I get up earlier than my kids on purpose. When I had really little littles, it probably would have looked differently, but if someone would have taught me that mm-hmm. it would have made such, I wish I would have had that, you know, right. I am like getting up 10 minutes before they got up just to sit and have my coffee or anything Be quiet. Yeah. Well, and, there, and you know, for the, for the folks that do have like the little littles and can't sort of that morning is funky it could be um it could be at the night before like Mm. for that period of time it could be the night before it's like okay this baby or toddler or the whole crew they're down for a moment Mm -hmm. I'm gonna brush my teeth wait no I'm gonna sit with a cup of tea or a blanket or whatever I'm just gonna sit and think about how I want to how I hope I get to show up tomorrow. If it can't be, if you have someone who's waking up at five 30 to like feed or, you know, it could be. And then when, when that, when those timetables shift and everyone gets into a more similar sleep schedule again, it can be in that actual morning, but just so people, or maybe it's in the middle of the night waking up because somebody had a bad dream. And it's like, every time I wake up, 
I mean, I am cranky as all, all things when I get woken up from the bad dream. So I'm not saying this has to work, but it could work for some people who are kind of like lucid and awake. It's like, when I go back to sleep, I have an intention with myself. Mm-hmm. That could work. As easy as that. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I love the morning routine thing. And I do think it's powerful. And I, I do think what I'm also hearing from you is this like to embrace the dynamic nature of our womanhood. And that is a really priceless. And like for anyone listening, who's, you know, not super in touch with their feminine or energy, we all have it, or you're not a mom or you're not, or you are not, yeah, you're, you're a man who is like, what is all this today? (laughs) It's, I think it's really important for us to say that though, because we all have people in our life who are dealing with what we're talking about. And, um, women, especially parenting or not, are just, we're, we do have like a really creative nature, no matter how we're expressing that we have usually a pretty dynamic set of emotional capacity. It was always said, as I learned medicine, that women have two hearts because there's a special line between our reproductive insides and our heart space. And it's different. We have a cavity. That's not what men have. It's different. And those, and, and, and for anyone listening, who's like, I really feel a strong sense of my femininity. That's who I am in the world. Even if that's not what my body looks like, you know what I'm talking about, because that's like how it arrives in you. And we are really a dynamic and we do need a little more stillness to gather ourselves, to hear ourselves because we're so diffuse picking up all the messages all the time from all the places and all the people that that silent moment is that is how we kind of like come back to making sure we're whole so it's okay to have permission to be these like amazing complicated dynamic feeling people with all these hopes and dreams for all the people we love in ourselves that's a completely okay thing to be and that's a lot of what I'm hearing Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that so beautifully articulated by you. Thank you. That's I love that. Yeah. So, so you have this beautiful podcast, you have this beautiful Instagram feed, you're doing some really awesome offerings in the fall for women who are feeling exactly how you felt in the past. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that as we wrap up today? Yes. Thank you for asking because I'm really excited. Uh, Now that you have, you have the full backstory, (laughs) you can understand like how important it is to me to help women to not suffer unnecessarily. Cause that was a lot of what I, I did Mm -hmm. and it took you know, years and years of uh, reading and deep exploration. And part of the thing I realized is part of my purpose is to learn and digest and teach so that other women don't have to go through the same thing. Hmm. And I was able to finally get to a place of, of cherry picking from all the things I love the most across everything I do and create electric ideas, which is now my company, my podcast, I mean, my, my tagline is powered by possibility. And it all is inspired from like, I, oh, I'm just heartbroken when I see women who think, you know, this is what life has to be uninspired or they're stuck. And they just are like, this is it. This is just how weird, what, this is what my life gets to look like now. Yeah. It, that's this reckon it, 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 I'm hearing like, it's like, it breaks my heart when I hear resignation. Yes. That's what I'm hearing. And so anyone out here who's like, oh my gosh, they just said the word resignation and stuck. We're talking to you. Yes. It's painful. So painful. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've just, I I'd say my, my special sauce is that I am, I'm a deeply spiritual person. I, I have a ton of facilitation, um, experience and I love making this self-exploration, which is a huge part of what we do feel buoyant and approachable. Mm-hmm. And in this like perfect, playful communal space to do what you said in the beginning, flip the script and just mm-hmm give women this roadmap really back home to themselves 
that I wish that I would have had because I spent a lot of time in in an anxiety flight or fight mode, looking outside myself for some stake in the ground of what I, what the heck I was doing. And I just wish I would have had something like at the time. So you built it. Yeah. So I I want everyone to tune into Electric Ideas because it's a delicious podcast and the interviews are so good that you do. And then I want everyone to hear, yeah, I love it. I love it. And I know, you know, I love it. I really, it's so good. And I also want everyone to hear that this is, it's an option. Like there's a Whitney here who's curating a group of people to do this work with. Like you don't have to be by yourself in it. You don't have to call the counselor if you're not ready to do it one-on-one like you could do it and make some friends and do it with someone who's been where you are and that I think is really valuable that we look for like we know what our options are when we are feeling resigned when we're feeling overwhelmed when we feel like we're splitting at the seams and who we think we are and we don't know what to do we have options so many options and any of those options that take us to like being with ourselves and getting the time to explore like who am I in the stillness what will fill my cup how do I want to show up in the world that's like go in that direction and I love that you're providing that direction so that'll yeah that'll be in our notes so you can like link to it if this is speaking to you because you're running that in September right Whitney when you yep, it start starts mid-September so gates are open and I I'm hoping it's kind of that perfect timing for for the moms out there who are kind of just keeping all of the balls in there for summer and then are like I think it would be a very reassuring feeling to be like I know mm-hmm. I have this time and it's coming mm-hmm so that's, that's my hope. Thank you. Oh, fabulous. <laughs> Thank you so much for this. We're so glad you're here. And I appreciate you sharing your story with us today. Oh, it is a deep delight to be here. I love, I always love talking to you. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you. How fun was that? And how juicy was that? And I feel like we really went everywhere. And now it's time for one of my favorites, the key takeaways. You know I love a good key takeaway. So let's cover all the juicy things we just talked about. Number one, start relating to yourself as someone who takes a decision instead of someone who makes a decision. We all can experience decision-making fatigue. Taking a decision has a different resonance. It reinforces that we have a choice about what we're doing and therefore soothes a tired brain and body. One key tip is to take a decision for a certain period of time. Mark the date in your calendar for when you will reevaluate how it's going. Use this time to experiment with the decision. Number two, always ask for what you want. You never know what the answer will be. In the worst case, you will not get what you want. And in the best case, you might get exactly what you want. Number three, a lack of boundaries sets us up for chaos within ourselves. Practicing boundaries is allowed and necessary. Look for the places where you are lacking setting boundaries and practice them in those places that will make your daily life easier and more fulfilling too. Number four, forgive yourself for what you did not know in the past. We're doing our best and learning all of the time. Be gentle with your past self. Number five, When experiencing a shift in identity and feeling overwhelmed by what to do, sit quietly in yourself. It's essential to let these answers come to you from within yourself versus looking externally for the answers. They are within you. Number six, there's magic in putting pen to paper for self-discovery and getting in touch with your needs, your inner voice, and what you really want. Journaling is a tool for you. It's a reflective connectivity practice that can shed a ton of light on everything. And number seven, you do not have to suffer an identity shift alone. Ask for help and support. Join forces with peers and experts who can lead you through the transitions of life. Find the people who have been where you are before and let them guide you. The best coaches and peers will reflect your reality back to you in a clear and non-judgmental way. I want to thank Whitney again for joining us. All the information about her and how to touch base is in the show notes. So do connect with her and let her know which parts of this conversation were most helpful for you. I'm really appreciative that we can have these conversations on this kind of forum so we can explore things that sometimes 
aren't being talked about enough, or maybe they're not being spoken loudly enough, or maybe we don't feel that there's enough um, heart safety, so to speak, for our vulnerability. And so that's why I'm exploring all these different topics with all these wonderful people so that you can hear different stories and you can hear different perspectives and you can get additional tools to build your self-development and wellness toolkit and do the healing that you need to do. You know, sometimes healing is about our very physical self and sometimes it's really about meeting our mental and emotional needs and sometimes it's about tapping back into the spirit of who we are and being fully expressed so i hope you enjoyed this today as much as i did if you have other topics that you're hoping we can cover or you are someone who wants to be a guest on the show please reach out to me at hello at rachelbromberger.com or you can send me a direct message on instagram at really rachel b i hope you have a great great week feel good enjoy this transition that we're moving into as we get toward fall and take care. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in to Unscripted. This is your weekly dose of real talk, deep love, and medicine. I can't wait to talk to you again next week. You take care.